0: obviously look more into sort of ligaments and tendons of the area so you have both the tibia and the fibula side so fibula being on the outside or the lateral side so the main tendons that normally run through there are like your achilles tendon that runs through the back side Uh, then you sort of got your posterior anterior tibiofibial ligaments, which is like the ones that attach both bones together.
1: Welcome back to Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brennan and I'm joined by Charlene. Hello. Nick. Hey guys, how are you? And Timothy. Hey y'all. All right, this is currently... Part six of our multi part series, where we run through musculoskeletal issues um, that we see day to day as practitioners. If this so happens to be your first episode you watch in the series, it might be helpful to listen to our introductory episodes and the previous episodes to keep up to date. Um, Basically, what we're aiming for when we're talking about musculoskeletal conditions is to analyze them and touch on parts of the anatomy. We need to keep in mind with uh, when um, looking at certain conditions. Um, we'll work our way from the head and neck all the way down to the lower limb and feet. Uh, we'll touch on the Western medicine testing and treatments for these conditions. And we'll also, being a Chinese medicine-based podcast, look into the Chinese med of med- it med- too, acupuncture and all, um, as well as in forever young fashion. Throw in this story here and there like we do. Uh, musculoskeletal skeletal conditions tend to be some of the most common conditions that we see in a clinic so we hope it proves to be useful for the those either coming into practice or those looking to start soon um today's topic um is it the last one guys
2: yeah this will be the last this is the last
1: one um, the second last for the very
2: special episode coming up after this one yes um with a very special guest so stay tuned and keep your eye out for that And then we'll do one last sort of recap episode, um, just sort of touch on most of the things that happened in the uh, year, touch base on what we're doing, touch base on what's going to happen next year in terms of the podcast. um, And yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll discuss the ending a little bit more, you know, at the recap and stuff. So um, after this one, like Nick was saying, this one, there's a special episode and then there's a little cap off for the year. So we'll probably finish the year with that last episode. But today, we ain't talking about ending today. Today, we're talking about knee and ankle. Um, in this episode, we'll touch base with the anatomy of the knee as well, as the mechanics sort of it all because there's a lot. Uh, we'll go into the you know, the PCL and ACL dynamic as well as stabilization with the meniscus. And of course, it's knee and ankle. So we'll talk about ankles and the main tendons that are, are needed to stabilize the ankle and uh, are involved in the movement. Um, we'll go into the common conditions that are seen um, as well as ways we go about diagnosing and treating. So like tests and all that. Um, now, in, I'm about to say, in my time, because I mean, how long is that really? Um, but... I, it's fair to say that we've all seen a lot of knee problems, and I think, um, I think I'll, I was thinking about it. And due to the structure of the knee and the sheer thickness of the street not of the knee, sorry—it can be quite intimidating uh, to treat because you got to dig like a whole needle into like that whole little space area um, into the affected area, and sometimes it's all swollen in that. Um, and like I said, that they, they do—they're quite common. And I mean, it sort of does make sense because it's like holding up basically the whole body. And I mean, majority of the body weight is for the knee and thigh. And you can kind of see that reflected in the, the sheer mass of those muscles. Um, and I mean, it's also on top of the knee joint and like the, like the ankle itself. And it's like stabilizing the whole body. It's like got so much, uh, so much to it. Um, so it's kind of sort of easy. It's easy why uh, it's easy to why, why you see it in like, it's, in sports injuries um and on sports like when there's a lot of horizontal movement um there's a lot of things that can go wrong and uh we'll go into this a little bit later but mainly it's because the knee isn't used to holding a horizontal load which is tested during sports like you get it with basketball you get a lot of like lateral movement little cuts stops and then change um change of motion agility type stuff um the acl and pcl are more geared to anterior and posterior stabilization or forward and backward stabilization but media like lateral and medial movement i feel like the the tendons and the muscles that are involved in that aren't as like intense so when you see um when you see that type of thing or a twist acl and pcl snaps do happen and it's not very good um sorry, as i was saying as i digress yeah knee and ankle injuries during sports is quite common although i do we also do see it in elderly and old age now, and I wanted to pose this question to you guys because I want to see what you think. What's more common is knee problems in sports injuries or knee problems in old age? What do you guys see more?
0: I think the ones that I've probably seen the most are due to um, both. I feel like for the old age, it generally it's generally due to like what you were saying, like about the degeneration and like, because in our society, which is more of like a Western sort of more developed country, um, people tend to be a bit uh, more weight bearing and that weight generally goes down to their knees. And because we're an aging population as well. So a lot of the patients tend to be older and due to all that weight bearing on the knee causing more problems that's for me at least i've seen more of that yeah
1: charlene what do you think i've
3: seen more of the knee issues in the elderly population um i think that's just the demographic of patients that i have been getting um so personally i see a lot of like osteoarthritis or a lot of like back pain with knee pain and um like leg pain as well so yeah, it's a good contrast. What about yourself?
1: Um, yeah, I think I don't get a lot of. Yeah, I think it's the same. Like the demographic I get don't really play sports, um, or if it's mostly like workplace oriented too. Because I do, tra- I do trade, I Tend to treat a lot of tradies, and the tradies tend to, you know, they they're bending down, they're lifting a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. constantly, so their knees are, are at constant movement, and you either get yeah. muscle tightness and. Or like like you said, um, osteoarthritis, which is something that actually I'm interested to touch on today because in Chinese med, we always get a, uh, associated with muscle relief and you know freeing like a, you know, a tight shoulder or a tight muscle or like a, a tight hamstring or quad. Um, but we don't really get to talk about, uh, we don't, yeah, we don't get recognized for the things that we can do in terms of bone. And for me personally, not that it's not to say that I'm not well rehearsed in bone, but I can work better with muscles than I can with bone, if that makes sense. So if I get arthritis condition, I could probably alleviate some of the mu- surrounding muscles around it. That's causing pain, but actually treating the arthritis itself is something that gets a little bit more that touch of complex, which mm-hmm. is it's cool to talk about when, especially when coming to the knee. Um, now I, I did kind of touch on the areas that we're looking at, but um, and what conditions and stuff do we got? To, do we want to run through like the structure of the knee? Do you guys want to take that away?
0: Yeah, Charlene, do you want to take this away? <laughs> okay, sure. Like, um,
3: well, I guess that from the top, you've got your femur, and then. Um, From the bottom, you've got your tibia and fibula. And then you've got your little patella that sits kind of in the middle. Um, And those are the bones. Um, And then you've got a whole bunch of ligaments in there and meniscus as well to kind of like pad and support that knee joint. So you've got an anterior and posterior cruciate ligament You've got a medial and lateral collateral ligament. Um, You've got a medial and lateral meniscus. And I think there's a few more in there as well, but those are the main ones. Um, And so basically the femur kind of attaches or like sits on the tibia, tibia, yeah. kind of more properly than the fibula so a lot of those um ligaments are helping to support the fibula head and make sure that those structures don't get dislocated and come out of the joint so yeah did i miss anything
1: nailed it, no, I, think it uh, I think that was pretty much it and um, it's a
3: um hinge joint
1: hinge joint that's the yes, word i was looking for yeah no those were very well done um it, it really helps to listen to charlene's um Description with an actual knee diagram because once you see where the knee, like with all the the PCL, the ACL, meniscus, and all that, where it attaches, it makes a lot more sense. Just because we hear you hear ACL and PCL all the time, but where you actually see where they're connected to, and I always get this wrong. I, I think the PCL is from the back forward, and the ACL is from the forward back. Yes,
2: yeah. ACL ACL leads from the anterior compartment of the tibia goes to the posterior yeah to yep. the femur and the pcl starts in the posterior region of the tibia and runs to the anterior region of the
1: yeah uh, so then yeah i think you got femur. it right yeah so that so they're kind of crossed over and if you if you think about um having i mean two sticks i guess and then or two parts of the hinge and then having two strings that are kind of pulling against at the same spot and keeping them together, it kind of makes sense when you kind of push it to the side or when you, yeah, when you have like a lateral load instead of like a forward or backwards or posterior anterior um, load, you're going to get that instability, um, and it's going to be put, putting stress on things like the, um, the collateral ligaments and the meniscus, psi,
3: meniscus
1: Menis- guy, meniscus guy, meniscus <laughs> <laughs> <Two. laughs> um, yeah, so just keep that in mind, look at the structure of the knee. I think it, it becomes a lot. It makes, makes more sense.
2: Yeah. It makes more sense when you're sort of looking at it and you can see that it, it really isn't designed for that lateral movement. Like B was saying before, <clears throat> it's you really designed to hold your body weight up um, and yeah, allow it to bend at the knee joint. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and, yeah, you've got those, those structures on the outside that sort of make a capsule around that knee. Um, yeah, so you've got quite a bit of fluid in the knee as well because it's your synovial fluid because it's, it's one of those hinge joints. It's like, you know, if you think about anything in like engineering mechanics type of stuff, you need some sort of lubrication as well in there to, to help things move freely, to make sure things aren't grinding, um, which you get. Uh, which you get a lot of in like elderly type of patients or patients with like chronic knee conditions. You can, once you're doing your orthopedic test, you look, you can feel that grinding type of feeling. Um, so you, yeah, there's that aspect. So there's that fluid and the meniscus help like help soften the, the amount of weight on the knees. Um, and I don't know if this has been said either. I just I had to go save my washing off the line. It started to rain, <laughs> but yeah, I was in a full panic. Um, but the the guy um, helped like form that that soft padding. Um, and you know, as as the population gets gets bigger, this becomes a bit more of an issue. Um, we all know that the population, like overall world population, is gaining weight. Um, and th- that's what this- I said. Oh, sorry, see, it was said. No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and this but provi- not
3: the meniscus part about the gaining weight.
2: Yes, <laughs> you, you're just you're just calling out, calling out the population. Are you Tom?
1: Yeah, just like people thought, getting away I thought that was a very I thought that was a very like eloquent term of saying everyone's getting fat. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's saying. what
0: I really wanted to say. Yo, Australia and all the all the developed countries getting fat. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: you know, essentially, it's, it's what's happening. Um, and this is leading to a lot of hip and knee problems. Uh, they're not really designed to hold all that much weight. Um, so, yeah, you can see that how this can cause quite a bit of dysfunction um, and see how that problems can arise. Once you understand the anatomy, once you understand what's going on structurally, it's quite easy to see okay, well, if you get hit from the lateral side, your medial side of your knee is just going to blow out. Um, And, you know, everybody knows, just like Bea was saying, everybody knows about sports injuries and knees, Um, whether you're into sports or not. um, You know that knee injuries and ankle injuries are quite common, blows to the knee, you know, that type of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's quite an important... Um, structure to treat as TCM practitioners because um, really apart from knee reconstructions and stuff there's not much that they can do in terms of treating it western medicine wise
1: so acupuncture can provide quite a bit of relief before we go more deeper into the treatments and that of the knee can we talk about the ankle real quick and the um, the anatomy of the ankle Tim, you can take this one. Oh, is that a bus? (laughs) It's fine. Bus stop.
0: For the the, uh, ankle, it tends to be obviously less muscly. So you obviously look more into sort of ligaments and tendons of the area. So you have both the tibia and the fibula side. So fibula being on the outside or the lateral side. So... The main tendons that normally run through there are like your Achilles tendon that runs through the back side. Um, then you sort of got your posterior anterior, like tibiofibular ligaments, which is like the ones that attach both bones together and help for like uh, external rotation of the ankle. So stuff like Lifting your foot up, lifting like putting it down, rotating it—that sort of stuff. Those are generally the sort of ligaments that you look at that tend to get injured or damaged when either someone falls or someone gets pushed over or like that sort of stuff, because they're a lot more stable than the knee because the knees just sort of supporting that up and down motion that Charlene was talking about before. That's about it. I I mean, if you're talking about, yeah, bones, those two bones, I think that's about it.
2: Thanks, Tom. <laughs> you did that very slowly. Very, was very, <laughs> that was very um, concise. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, when you're talking about the ankle, it, again, like Tom was saying, it's, it's a bit of a different joint to the knee, but it does do a lot of that stabilizing. You're looking at, you know, same type of structures in terms of lateral and uh, medial ligaments that hold them sort of together um making a bit like a like a capsule type of um aspect um and yeah when when you do fall over stuff like that you it's very easy to damage these ligaments overstretch them um and cause yeah quite a bit of inflammation and pain through
1: through all of these ligaments and the Achilles too is um, a big boy play in that one. Um, one of the biggest tendons in the body, and when it snaps, whoo, you hear it. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend I had uh, a friend who just tore most of his Achilles recently. Oh god. Yeah, And it was like apparently hanging by a thread. And she's like, and the nurse was like, all right. So if you move at all, you're gonna have to go through surgery. And he's just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope more work mate. So he's like, I canceled all my shifts <laughs> and he was just home the whole day, the whole week. Um, sorry.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite an important tendon to, you know, it holds, it pretty much holds the ankle in yeah. that, that position. It's big um, for a reason. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's the gastrocnemius muscle and the soleus muscle. They come together to form that tendon. Um, so, you know, those, those two big muscles at the back of, your, back of your calf there come all the way down and form, form a tendon that connects to your calcaneus which is like the bottom of your foot so it's and it's it's quite big um and you can feel uh, you can feel it if you you palpate and tend it you know you push around there it's quite easy to feel your your achilles tendon and i think everybody knows about about the achilles tendon in general
1: yeah uh, i think uh oh timmy were you gonna say something no 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 Here you go uh, well, I was thinking like when you, when you when we're analyzing the knee and the ankle um, two of the point two of the places that for respectively that I, I look for at each one because um, since consistently is just under the um, just under the the patella kind of like beside the tendons um every time like there's a there's an injury going I usually palpate that area see uh, if it's painful if it's not painful. Um, where it's tender, where it's swollen, that whole thing. Um, for the ankle, I'd look at, and this is probably why I wanted to mention it, is around the malleolus, the lateral medial merleolus. Um, That's mostly where you have the um, tendons attaching to, is it calcaneo and things like that? I forgot, I forgot the names of the actual tendons. We, me and Nick did a whole presentation on this. and We did. And I've completely forgotten the, the, tendon, the tendon names.
3: Does it calcaneo. calcaneo navicular?
1: calcaneo navicular and then or oh, something 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 um, most of them um it's,
3: it's,
2: yeah, yeah most of them the are that way if you sure. the bone uh, or the two bones that they connect um you pretty much can just yeah.
3: guess or name like it Add an R on
2: the end. (laughs) LAR. Or ER. The name of the the ligament isn't all that important. If you understand where it is and what it's doing, um, you can sort of just wing it.
1: Yeah. And people, yeah,
2: you can get the gist of what's going on if you're not too good with names or anything. If you just understand the structures, the bones that are there, um, in terms of, especially in the ankle joint, the calcaneus, the navicular, the talus, the tibia and fibula, if you can, you know, work out where they all are, um, you can guess.
0: Yeah. Just slap two bones together and just call it a ligament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's
1: for the, that's for the students out there. If you, if you, if you don't know the name, just look at the two bones and then add a lie at the end or something. Or, you know, <laughs> that's it.
2: It's the fibula hum- humerus ligament.
1: Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs>
0: the cranium fibula ligament.
2: That's the one. <laughs> also known as your heartstrings.
1: I think we're just making our own anatomy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Western medicine anatomy. Just make it up as you go. Chinese medicine anatomy and the, for a young anatomy. Mm. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. It's, a, it's the beginning of an era. Oh, the beginning of a legacy. <laughs> so the ankle with the uh, tendons, the, they're all shaped in like, kind of like a, almost like a, so one's up, one's down, a couple of like down forward, but that's for like the axis of movement. Um, and it covers most of the directions of movement. So that's why you see the ankles a little bit more stable until it's sprained. Um, you know, you don't really see the foot carry a load um, and all injuries, are, directed to that other than maybe in martial arts where someone kicks a little bit too far from the, the base or the dorsal of their foot. Um, so then you kind of get an overextension on the anterior uh, tendons and muscles um, of that ankle. Um, I've gotten that before. It sucks <laughs> <It's> so much. <laughs> it's like annoying as hell. Um, but generally with the ankle, you're going to get twists, twist turns, um, either uh, oof, what's this what's this direction if this um when the ankle bends like that external rotation yeah external rotation injuries or internal rotation injuries um which if you look at the structure they're trying to hold against so those 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 tendons are being pulled more than they should that's where you get the sprain and people kind of like get just they get a lot of pain just because there's a lot of tearing and stuff like that. Um, all right. So we've looked into the knee and ankle quite a lot. Um, and kind of part touched on where things can go wrong. Um, now do we've we kind of briefly went through the muscles, but let's go, let's jump back to the knee. Um, now how do we analyze a knee when it comes to going to clinic, like the tests, what are we looking for and things like that? Um, What are are we looking for?
2: Yeah, I think the knee is um, not... It's not easy to identify what's going on, but it's it's easy to to start, like, to know where to start. Um, So you're either looking for, if it's like an ACL, PCL tear, um, your collateral ligaments tear, um, or meniscal injuries. Uh, They're the three big ones that you're looking for. So... It's quite easy to to put stress on these uh, on these structures um, if you understand where they are and how they work. So <clears throat> I'll start with the the collateral ligaments. You got a medial lateral medial collateral ligament and a lateral collateral ligament. So they're on the outsides. They form that sort of capsular type of feel, um, and they sort of hold. They kind of hold the two the two bones together, so the femur and the tibia, they sort of hold them together, like we've been saying. Um, so if you put stress on the lateral aspect of the knee and push out, put stress on the lateral aspect of the knee and push inwards, you're testing the medial collateral ligament because that's the ligament that's being moved. Um, and same if you're on you're putting stress on the medial side so you're pushing on the medial side of the knee pushing outwards um pushing to the lateral side of the body you're putting stress on that lateral collateral ligament i think that's quite important and a bit not hard to understand but you know you have to sort of remind yourself what structures you're you're trying to stress Um, and that's that's kind of the main the main thing with sort of any orthopedic testing and you know we've gone through that through this series as well, that you're trying to put stress on on the structures that are involved and trying to work out which structures are involved. Um, So, yeah, putting stress on those two, seeing how much lax there is in the joint. um, If if you push on it and that patient screams in pain um, and goes to just about punch you in the face, you've got a pretty good idea (laughs) that it's going to be, you know, if you're pushing on the... The lateral aspect, you know, you've got a pretty good idea it's going to be in that medial aspect of the knee. Um, and then you've got your ACL and your PCL, which, you know, B was saying they the inside, inside the knee, uh, anterior cruciate ligament and, la- and PCL posterior cruciate ligament. Um, you know, they're to stop the knee from twisting um, and can be quite easily torn um, in high impact sports such as football, rugby, um, you don't see it all that much in basketball, um, but like netball, things where you, you know, those, you know, you, you see it quite often. Um, yeah. And like high movement sports. Sort
1: of. Yeah. that's it. Agility is um, definitely the one I've seen. Yeah. You're
2: not, you're not seeing it often in like cricket, um, baseball type of sports. It's more of your footballs, your basketball, well,
1: your football type of Hard hitting sports. I feel like basketball is a fair one in there too. I've seen a lot of PCL and ACL tears. Um, I suppose I wish I don't
2: know when I when I first think about basketball, I think of ankle sprains, um, collateral, yep. collateral ligament sprains.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, true. Shoulder it's issues, true. elbow issues. Yeah. Uh, it's just things happen on the court, like hi- extensions and that. Mm. Tough. Yes. Very yes. very tough.
2: Um, uh, was who was it? I think it was Gordon Hayward last year. Um, absolutely destroyed his ankle. It was like at a 90-degree angle from his body. Oh, oh I, was, is God. That, did, that yeah. go was, yeah. did that go viral? Yeah, because
1: yeah. I did see that.
2: I, it was dude. like one of the worst basketball injuries that we've seen in quite Whoa. a while.
1: Did it result in a complete tear? Uh, I,
2: I don't know what was the actual result, but it was yeah. It was hard to watch. Um, and he yeah. uh, he only just gotten back onto the court now, so...
1: Ouch! Yeah, that would uh, need yeah, so good. much rehab, I'd imagine. Mm.
2: Yeah. So, anyways, going back to the ACL, PCL, um, your anterior and posterior draw is what the test is called, and you're you grab the knee, stabilizing the foot. Um, you put the knee at like a ninety degree angle, and you pull it towards yourself and push it towards the patient. Um, so you're looking to see if there is any extra lax in those um ligaments and you will feel it straight away yes
1: i um, ha- i have done this to a patient without an acl or pcl and you can definitely see wait, the difference when mm?
2: without a PC- acl pcl torn complete torn oh oh right i thought I yeah. just didn't have
1: any uh, <laughs> a- born with inst- uh, unstable knees yeah. um no. Nah, nah, um in the same i think it was basically i was doing the anterior and there's a little bit of a like a it's quite confronting to feel on your hands cuz it's like a rebound but at the same time there's another one i think it's was it was at the curve test or something like that well you actually when well, you actually look at the patella and the difference between a uh, the there's like a little groove under the patella and um if that is more prominent then it is a sign that they have their pcl acl torn if there's less of a bump then acl pcl might be still intact um yeah, that's I a very
2: I can't remember what the test is called but you pretty much bring the 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 hip at 90 degrees and the knee at 90 degrees and if you I think it's sulcus sign. Sulcus sign. it was um, side.
1: for shoulders. Uh, it might the, be oh, for, I think no, I think
2: it's still sulcus.
1: Knee as well. <laughs> oh, sulcus. Sulcus, is the one where you pull on the on the shoulder.
2: Yeah. It, it's a sign of some sort but then you're looking for lax in the knee um and you will see it drop if if there is an issue. In a lot of these orthopedic testing, um, and again, it's not so important to remember the names of the orthopedic tests, but it's important to understand what you're doing and sort of why you're doing it. Um, and that's why, that's why, I you know we wanted to do this this series um, and have a chat about musculoskeletal issues and and talk about how complex they are and how much uh, emphasis you put should put on to understanding anatomy and understanding what's going on and understanding how they work with each other and how that you know um the knee issues can affect the hip the lower back the upper back you know understanding why all this is quite important um as you know uh, coming into chinese medicine understanding how chinese medicine works or you know even if you've been treating for quite a while um and just needs that new uh, it's called a sag test. Um, what thanks, a name! <laughs> <laughs> job, Nick. Um, Nick, job, Tom. And yeah, understanding why these are all important um, in treating. If, it, yeah, even if you have that new love for treating musculoskeletal pain um, and how it can impact patients and people uh, alike. Beautiful. <laughs> there was one more aspect oh the meniscus that's the other thing i was going to talk about uh, just before we move on so the, yeah like i said before the meniscus helps soften that um soften the cushion between the the tibia and the, the femur or the femur and the tibia um and it's a little fluid filled sac type of thing um that's lunate shape um so it's it's the shape of the moon um, and you can get tears in your meniscus. It's quite. I think everybody sort of knows about meniscal tears and how painful they can be. Um, I've heard that it's less painful to have a full meniscal tear than it is to have a partial meniscal tear. Uh, that's because it, you, when it's full, when it's a full tear, there's nothing irritating it. It's mm. it's gone. Um, but when you have a partial meniscal tear. It could be called pain. Her. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, so, to test for meniscal tears, we do a test called Thessaly's. You get them to stand on one leg, um, obviously holding their arms and helping stabilize them, and you get them to do like a swivel motion on their knee. So you're you're trying to see if they they can bear that weight on I think one too knee. too
1: intense. Not like crazy. No, no, no. Just because like I can. Just you're not imagine.
2: doing a twist. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: you're not shaking a, you're not shaking a tail
2: feather, but you're you're trying to put some stress in those, in that uh, structure. Um, so yeah, the knee is quite easy to identify, each and every structure, in their own merit, um, and then you just treat accordingly.
0: Well, right. Yeah, I, I I feel like the the knee is a bit easier to treat than the ankle.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Personally, hundred percent. Like there just seems to be less structures. All the muscles and tendons tend to be a lot bigger as well. So it's a lot yeah. easier to be like, oh, it's this one, isn't it? Whereas like in the ankle, there's like 50 million bones and there's like a 50 million tendons connecting each
2: bone together. Personally, personally, I prefer to treat ankle pain and ankle sprains over knee conditions. Oh, wow. oh why?
1: Yeah, why is that?
2: I just, I don't know. I just think, uh, I, I, well, I've had quite a bit of ankle pain, ankle sprains, playing basketball, stuff. Oh, so and you stuff. know about it. And yeah, I know about it. And you got your ankles um, broken. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Is that what you're trying to I'm say? Even, I break my own ankles.
1: <laughs> I'll bet.
2: My worst enemy on the court. My own worst enemy. <laughs> you crossed um, stuff over. But I feel like it's, I don't. I feel like personally, I feel like it's not as complex to treat. Um, you're either looking at sort of the lateral side or the medial side, uh, and looking at the muscles that involved in the, in the upper ankle, um, in terms of stabilizing the ankle and, you know, if you're getting dorsiflexion or plantar flexion, um, you know, if you're having trouble with either one of those, I think it's, yeah, personally, I feel like it's, it's not as difficult to treat, but... That's just me.
1: I was thinking that knee might be a little bit more easier just because the, um, like, uh, it, it goes back to what I said earlier. Like, uh, we're known as Chinese medicine practices, we're known for treating muscular type stuff. Um, but, and essentially it is easier to treat a lot of mus- muscular stuff and you get better results when you're treating muscular issues. And because a knee has so many big muscles involved, I think that's why the knee is easy to treat easier. The, e- the knee is preferable to some practitioners to treat more than the ankle because the angles are a lot more smaller, smaller muscles, harder to get to the right places and see what's going on with the muscles itself. So that's why I think a lot of practitioners do prefer knee conditions. Um, I mean, e- either way, Uh, non-muscular for each side for both like a knee and an angle is still pretty tough regardless I'd imagine Um, it comes back to you know uh, sound like feel
2: like a broken record it comes back to understanding the the structures involved again
1: Um, you about to say it depends on the patient Um, (laughs) (laughs) it depends Oh gosh! Yeah, it depends on the on the situation. <laughs> That's it. Um, do we want to talk about Chinese med uh, treatments? Being a Chinese med prac- uh, podcast, I imagine that we should probably get into that. Well, I, think um, the, I think the most well, the one of
2: the most important aspects are uh, TCM wise that might not seem um, as um, quick to come off the bat is that kidney yin deficiency or kidney kidney deficiency in general rather um you know having weak knees weak ankles weak lower back uh you know not having that you could kind of think of it as like not having that structure not having that root to you know keep keep you down um that's a that's quite a common uh, pattern you know weak weak knees and weak lower back uh like tinnitus some um, you're sort of running a little bit hot uh, You can have like graying hair, that type of stuff um, You know, your, your classic kidney signs Increase urination, um, getting old That type of stuff um, It's, yeah, it can just be an, an interesting aspect To help support the body when treating knee issues um, yeah, Especially when you're starting to think The patient's getting a bit older um, and you know, you do your normal investigation as, as you should with any, uh, any condition that comes through the door. Do you think that
0: having weak kidneys can cause pain in the ankles or the knees itself?
2: Yeah, I would say so. How? Uh, this is due to the connection between the kidneys and having um it's connection between the lower back in terms of location uh it's meridian load runs down the knee and into the ankle as well um and
3: uh, also got a connection to
0: the bone i don't know in what way how
2: yeah let's elaborate in on what it. way
3: what the bones are associated with the um the kidneys hmm. um in the five element cycle um, like how tendons are associated with liver so normally if there's a dysfunction of the bone you consider the kidney as well as they're the ones that govern the bone
1: to getting forward investigative
2: the bones and ligaments are they are they considered as like one cuz i know like tendons or liver but when we're talking about ligaments tom where what's, what what uh, do i attribute i, I, I think
0: the tendons and ligaments tend to be tied together whereas bones being more of like a solid form is considered like for the kidneys so you look for tendons and ligaments under liver whereas for bones i generally think like what charlene was saying would be kidneys as well
1: on, on that where do we put cartilage
0: just gonna just throw that out there same with ligaments mm. And tendons, I would say. (laughs) Just not it (laughs) all
1: with uh, tendons, ligaments.
0: Yeah, I think so. I feel like they all have an important factor. Like kidney has an important factor for generating all that sort
1: of good stuff and nutrients. I kind of feel like that they're they're associated with um, moisture, I guess, all three. Um, If they're not, if they're dry and they're like kind of like hard to tense, they can't flex as much. Um, They don't really have much of a function. Um, or they don't function very well. Sorry, is what I just way better worded. Um, so I guess they they need current uh, constant nourish nourishing, so then they can actually um, function. So um, I guess I guess oh, that's sorry. why I would kind of like lump them together. Oh, sorry, what were you saying? Um, I'm not
0: sure if I entirely agree. I feel like marrow is more important than ma- moisture. When uh, it comes to
1: yeah, I kind of that together (laughs) (laughs) like moisture i guess i'm moisture i say more nourishment more so than moisture um i I guess because i I think i just associate it with like kidney yin and then kidney deficiency and i associate dryness with like not being able to have like basically tendon pain and flexibility and stuff like that
2: so um in terms of moisture you're talking about like fluid like synovial fluid that type of like
1: i'm I'm kind of talking um, more like chinese med ish um more like i guess in my head because what i picture is that when you have a well-nourished like tendon or ligament it's constantly being washed over and made sure that it's still it's not dried out it's not gonna snap at like the smallest resistance um i think it's just the way i visualize it. i don't know how true that is but um a giant frame outside, but yeah um i think that's coming your way charlie <laughs>
3: All right, I'll mute my mic in a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, they caught me off guard while I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, yeah. So Chinese med um, treatments, because we're running out of time and we've been rambling this whole uh, podcast. So uh, the
2: other thing, so the other thing I wanted to touch on with your moisture and um, sort of like with that whole washing over the muscles type of stuff, um, I think that's also contributed to liver blood as well. Um, yeah. And if you're if you're thinking uh tendons ligaments moisture type of stuff think like sort of liver liver blood liver blood deficiency um that type of route as well uh, you know there's there's lots of lots of pathways to go down um so yeah treatments
3: um think about meridians where the structures are like going anterior is more stomach while posterior is more kidney. And then you've got um, gallbladder on the outside yeah. lateral side. <laughs> and then um, you've got spleen as well on the medial side. So yeah, where you do find that there is kind of a problem an issue, just consider the meridians in that area.
2: Yeah. And you can like map out um, different aspects in terms of treating the treating the ankle with the wrist or treating the knee with the elbow type of stuff. Um, it's quite cool.
0: Yeah. I, I think the influential points as well, is an important thing to consider that we talked about. It's like the bones, tendons, whatever you want, marrow, slap it in blood. You've got like anything that can help slap it in. Yeah. Just anything <laughs> on the outside. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's coming back. Check the Yui. <laughs> it wasn't
3: me. I was muted.
1: Oh. That was me. <laughs> the door is wide open in my behind me, so you can hear everything. Sorry,
3: Tom, what were you saying?
1: <laughs> uh, thought train coming
0: through. No, I've, it was the, I was just talking about the influential points. It's like if you wanted extra points outside of, that main area or the sort of mapping, you could try the influential points to help tonify the
2: background. Yeah, you know, using some of those like um, kidney 10, liver 8, gallbladder 34, um, bladder if it's, uh, 17. 17. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 18 and then I was going to say 12, and I was like, nah, it's got to be somewhere else around there. Um, you know, using some of those type of points as you know a little bit more of that holistic view i think is is can be quite important um and something else we didn't talk about today but is also well, there's a couple of things we, we didn't talk about but uh is important clinically is like things like osteoarthritis um and edema you know these issues can affect uh the ankle and the knee um in terms of yeah in terms of arthritis you're getting all that, um, your problems with the with the joint itself and then edema you're getting you know that fluid buildup in the lower leg um and yeah not relatively difficult to treat but uh important to to know about uh because you do see this quite often clinically um
1: so yeah uh, burning question because i've been one i asked this. i wanted to know this from the start of the episode how would you guys go about treating osteoarthritis and because we're talking about the knee and ankle, specifically in the knee and or ankle.
3: Yeah, I think,
2: uh, do you have a an answer, Shelly
3: Go, uh oh, I was going to say osteoarthritis is that like um, B syndrome. So you want to figure out which um, of the three Bs, it is like wind, damp, oh, cold, wind, damp, heat, um, mm. whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> wind,
2: damp, cold, wind, damp, heat, wind, da- uh, what's the other one? Wind. There's, there's three. Just wind damp.
3: Wind damp. Um, yeah, what, like you want to figure out whether it's hot or cold or neither of them pretty much because then the wind and damp is pretty much like the constant. So once you figure out that, then you kind of treat a little bit like Locally, but also more holistically as well. So, you want to incorporate your organs that are affected into that to kind of help that w- clear that wind and that damp. So, it's a, looking a little bit more than just that local area that is affected because it normally is a chronic condition. So, with all chronic conditions, we want to look at the organs affected and kind of rebalance that, prescribe herbs and all that jazz.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing uh, Treat locally and then treat systemic- Systemically um, Is is quite important um, But I think you forgot The the, f- the fourth and final B syndrome, the B Lennon syndrome
1: <laughs> I'm a disease
2: <laughs> a <bit> Stagnation <laughs> Makes you run late Makes you run Talks all the time
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> the loudest
1: one in the group Excuse um, me That type of stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: better back up no <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't want to said Lennon <laughs> yeah
1: <I'll> invasion <laughs> invasion that's it <laughs> right. I think that, that's everything yeah, right I think, so. I think oh, so good job guys we did pretty I well with the series
2: yeah I hope you've enjoyed this series uh, we've enjoyed mm, retouching some of that knowledge and bouncing off each other um, in terms of understanding structures and you know, reminding ourselves of what to do and what sort of to remember about. It's been fun.
3: Stay Quite tuned fun. for the special guest episode next week.
0: Oh, she's so good. Hey. hey. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, super fun.
3: Yeah. Do we want to tease a little bit about it?
1: Sure. It's <laughs> a good combo, I reckon. <laughs> um, I don't know how to tease it without giving it away. Like, <laughs> um,
3: I was just going to say it's a physio that we get on, have we said that already?
2: Definitely. I don't know, but it's a physio with some, a very interesting background. Um, and she's she's done quite a lot and traveled quite a lot and seen quite a lot. So to get her on was um, quite an honor and it gave us a good insight on sort of how the real world treats, treats some conditions. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, it,
1: was, um, it was very professional. The whole thing was yeah, The whole was mm-hmm. So professional Yeah Even me eating my cabana And everything <laughs> well, I'll ask you a question That was so good <laughs> It was like oh, yeah, no. Me question Eating No one was I. bloody talking So I'm just like Alright <laughs>
0: <laughs> Couldn't wait till after After <laughs> eating
1: <laughs> Well, I think we'll go We'll go into it more In the recap Because they'll know What we're talking about it, just, it makes no sense But to anyone,
2: stay no. tuned Because it, it stay was fun tuned it was fun mm. all over the board. Um, mm-hmm. had some really great knowledge and some great times. So, yeah, it should just be a nice little cap onto this, this whole mm-hmm. eight-part series. But mm. let's sign off.
3: As always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and join our discussion page. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the series and let us know what you want to hear about next. And...
2: And as always, we're the Forever Young podcast, and you'll hear from us next time.
3: Bye. Bye.